Hard to beat that post-blown vibe coming into episode number four of my podcast, Bluntly the Podcast. I do love some Post Malone. Music tonight is once again courtesy of Power 93.5, one of Wichita's hottest stations. So we'll let them play in the background. Of course, there will probably be some commercials again, but I'm committed to keeping this episode as short as I possibly can. But I think if I've learned nothing else, is I do love to hear my own voice, apparently, for fuck's sake. So tonight I wanted to have a discussion. Um, a couple of things I'll talk about first real quick. Number one, I am getting, uh, I've been earned, is a better word, I have earned the ability to monetize the podcast by putting in a commercial. So if you heard a commercial, thank you. I have no idea what the commercial was, what it sounded like. For some reason, I thought I was reading a commercial, but you know, I'm new at this. Um... I'm sure people with podcast experience are listening going, what in the fuck is this dude doing? And my answer to that is I have no fucking idea. Not, not one clue. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. I've learned something in my life and that's, uh, if you wait on things to be perfect before you do it, you'll just never do it. That fits me to a T. So I wanted to get on tonight though and celebrate that um talk about my my life a little bit just kidding I'm not gonna get a whole lot deeper than I did last night into things right now we'll definitely have some things to talk about as we get closer to November but right now I just keep moving in Moving in silence, and I found in that silence there is definitely a level of peace that I wasn't sure when I'd find again. Um, but why not get a little hot, a little saucy with the topic of relationships? I don't just mean dating, marriage hookups, those kind of relationships. I mean relationships in general. One thing that I have always prided myself in is my ability to talk to anyone. I can get into a conversation that a lot of people, For the, the reality is a lot of people are just scared to get into those conversations. People aren't shy fear of rejection is that's deep within all of us including myself just comes out in different forms when I was uh, very young I learned the value of sticking your hand out and shaking somebody else's hand and introducing yourself I have a ridiculous network of friends and I mean that I can sit at a table with just about anybody and carry on a conversation. And I do that because in those conversations, I'm authentic. 
Am I terrible at maintaining a conversation and not coming off as egotistical? Yes. I promise you, the last problem I have is ego. That was a dramatic pause so some people could take a breath or stop laughing or welcome back or whatever that you need to do. Sometimes I have found that in a relationship of any kind, I kind of suck in maintaining them. I can get them, build them, but I suck at maintaining them. It's not just a matter of getting in, saying hi now and then, giving a hug, I love you. Got to be authentic. Got to take a a genuine interest in people's lives. That doesn't mean you have to take on other people's problems, but if you can help somebody win, help them win. Fuck, there's enough wins for all of us. Fact, big fact. But it seems like as society, what we do with relationships is we almost put a monetary value on them. I'm not a relationship expert by any means. I'm not a networking expert. But I'll give a little background that might make some sense. Because I do believe that my ability to network is amazing. When I was, uh, well, when I was a kid, as you know, I was an only kid. Grew up in the country, didn't have a lot of neighbors. Learned how to fish. I'll tell you that, learned how to fish. But uh, not a lot of social interaction where I lived. You know, my friends were miles away. So it would take a trip to go see them. Uh, as you got, As I got older, as we got older, we could drive, that kind of thing, but... I learned how to get into a relationship and to be outgoing and dynamic by watching my mother. My mother, who was a paramedic, and I brag about her all the time. When I was really young, my mom was also a salesperson. She sold advertising for a a publication in Hutchinson called The Bee, and I believe one in Wichita called The Prospector. And it used to amaze me. My mom didn't have the typical, you know, moms. Moms do that thing where they'll be cussing you out and then answer the phone like they're the receptionist at the White House. My mom would straight be saying, you better get your shit. And that phone ring, my mom would be like, hello. I'm like, that is, that is some sociopath. But that's just mom, mom's. You know, I've seen other moms do it. Hell, I do it. Guys probably do it too, but I just noticed that's where I got it from with my mom. My dad answered the phone the same way every time. I just random thought here. You call the house, my dad's going to say hello. And when he's done, when the conversation's over, it's always tilted me out. My dad doesn't say goodbye. He just hangs up. And I asked him about that one time. He said, well, I'm not done talking to you. I am done in that conversation. So I just hang up. 
He said, whenever we're talking, we don't say goodbye every time we leave. And I don't know. It made sense. And I've just, it didn't work for me. I tried to go through that at a cool phase of my life where when I was done talking, I hang up. But people call back and they say, that's rude. Burr, burr, burr. So I always say bye. But if it's an I love you, I make sure I say that too. Because life is fucking short. But. Back to relationships. I, uh, I learned the value of networking from a guy by the name of Charles Shelton. I'd spent most of my life as a bill collector. Then at one point, I became the credit manager for a large carpet company. And he was the president of the company for an aircraft division of that carpet company and they did all the interiors of aircrafts eventually I became a salesman for this division but um, as a bill collector I became a bill collector at 19 years old not a lot of communication skills publicly so I learned those sitting in a training room of a debt collection agency I learned how to communicate with people the way a bill collector does. Yeah, and that's not healthy. That is not healthy. Not healthy at all. Bill collectors are assholes, and I was one. Proudly, I was one. But I think as I got older, I started believing some of that bullshit people were telling me. What do you mean you don't have the money? Get more money. <laughs> I was an asshole. And, uh... If anybody that I ever called during the course of that 10-year stint as a debt collector, I'm not going to apologize because you probably lied to me and I'm still waiting on your check to hit my commission. But, um, man, life will humble you. That is for sure. So I uh, did not learn how to build relationships as a debt collector, third-party debt collector. I was literally calling people pretty random here so I'll tell a story I was literally calling people at my first job as a debt collector for people that owed money to Liberty Home Bible Institute these people bought courses online to become a preacher yeah bought courses online to become a preacher this was the old days where they would mail you books or audios or CDs this a little bit even before the internet quite a bit before the internet ugh but um, I would call these people up and same story. Somebody owes you $2,500 for a set of books on how to be a preacher versus somebody that owes you $2,500 for a credit card. I'll tell you, somebody owes you $2,500 for a credit card. They're easier to collect from. Somebody owes you $2,500 and good with God, <laughs> there's not a whole lot you can say to motivate them. So I started going to church. I got smart about it. Started learning Bible verses. Somebody tell me what a scumbag I was for trying to collect that money. There's a verse in the Bible. It's been a while. There's a verse in the Bible that says, let no debt remain outstanding except for the one of love. 
good way to get hung up on, but I learned how to be quick, quick-witted at that job. That's why I'm pretty quick with my responses. A lot of times getting me into trouble because I have very sharp elbows. For a guy that was 550 pounds, his fucking elbows are surgical when I run my mouth. But um, that started wearing on me over the years. Just being an asshole to people. Relying on people to pay old bills so you could pay your bills. and Decided I wanted to. I was I was good at talking. I, I knew that. I'm, I'm a good storyteller. I, I was good at collections. But I got tired of it. About the same time I was going through my divorce, I lost one of my last collection jobs. And I decided shortly before the end of my marriage, I wanted to get into sales. Because they seemed a little happier than bill collector. <laughs> Wish I could take that back. But um, sales will fucking, sales will make you age like a president. So I became a salesman. I was a, uh, actually I was a telemarketer. Um, I went into my last collection job. Well, one of my second to last collection jobs. And uh, I quit one day after a little bout back and forth with the manager about some money that she owed me. And worked it out with my ex-wife and I, I told her, I said, I wanna quit, but I don't have another job. She said, that's okay. We'll figure it out. Go in and do it. You know, if they don't pay you and she's disrespectful, just quit. I went in the next day, she was. So I quit like a G. I said, I quit. She said, you won't quit. I just laughed, turned around, grabbed my box of stuff I'd already packed up and I walked out of that collection agency. One finger to the air, if I remember right. <laughs> uh, I would advise against that if you ever quit a job. Um, on the way home, I called my ex-wife and I said, I did it, I quit. And she was distracted and said, have you seen a TV today at all? Have you been watching the news? I said, absolutely not. I just quit that motherfucking job like a G. And she said, well, a plane has hit the World Trade Center and it's bad. And me, I'm thinking, well, that was a fucking mistake. Those buildings are tall, so I can see how some stupid shit would happen like that. Can't process that in my head that somebody would do that on purpose. I mean, that's just, it's America. That shit doesn't happen, right? So, I go home, I turn on the TV, and just within a couple of minutes of turning on the TV, I saw the second plane hit. I mean, it might have been a sec, just like when I turned the TV on. I remember the second plane hit, and I thought it was the first, a replay of the first one, because I hadn't seen that yet, but there were two towers ablaze. I mean, you know the rest of the story. It wasn't long, both towers fell. And I remember thinking, there's no way there's people in those buildings. This is America. 
This shit doesn't happen here. Well, we know how that played out. But I was done being a bill collector, right? Well, obviously jobs were a little difficult to find in, in the city where they manufacture airplanes. Airplanes were sitting on the ground everywhere. The economy was taking a hit. My ex-wife said to me, you should go to work at that telemarketing place, MCA Worldcom. You want to be a salesman. You're good at, good at, you'd be good at sales. You're good at relationships. I really kind of didn't look at it like that, you know, as being good at relationships at that point. I didn't think I was. So I took the job because I told her, I said, there's no way I'm working for $7 and 10 cents an hour. And she said, James, $7 and 10 cents an hour is better than no cents in it. No, no dollars, no cents an hour. What do you say to that? I had a family. So I think I took a $1,500 severance from MCI. Oh, wait. No, no. I went to MCI WorldCom. Sorry. I went to MCI WorldCom. And uh, turns out I was really good at sales. That's where I learned about a process. I learned about the value of establishing rapport, starting to build a relationship, but having a process. I used to call 300 plus people a day. I knew that I had to have my call count at 300 numbers because all the no's to get the number that I needed to get, which was it, it, that number maxed out my daily commission. And once you did that, typically your supervisor would let you go home. So I had a goal to be out of there by noon, I think every day, maybe one or two. And I was every day. I made ridiculous money at that job. In eight months, I made almost $80,000, I believe. It was ridiculous. For the time span I was there and having no sales experience. But I started seeing the value of sales and relationships built so many relationships personal relationships throughout all of this people I, I'm still friends with I have a friend named Amanda that I met when I worked at MCI Worldcom which jumping head a little bit here that job ended in a ball of flames turns out MCI Worldcom cooked the books and they made an example of the dude that ran that place closed her down it was nasty same time as Enron all that shit of course I was right in the middle of it You'd be surprised what I'll get right in the middle of wow maybe you won't but um I took a job after that as credit manager and here's where the meat of this comes in I sat next to what I would consider probably the best salesperson, networker, relationship builder and keeper that I've ever met in my life. Named Charles Shelton. Anybody that's worked with him knows exactly what I'm talking about. And let me turn up some Bruno Mars for Charles. Courtesy of Power 93.5.
Charles is one of these guys that will have a conversation with someone and they think they're the only person in his life. But I worked with him long enough to know that that's how everybody feels. I was the credit manager. So Charles and I, you know, tr credit manager in, in sales, it's a, it's a struggle. We'll just say that. Uh, I was the sales prevention officer at that point. Uh, we butted heads several times, but he became a mentor to me. <clears throat> Not just professionally, but personally. Charles uh, has a, ha a home on the lake at Table Rock. Been out there several times, but I'll tell you what, one thing. Charles plays hard, dead, hard. I've been around this country drinking in several establishments with this man. And I swear he has another gear when he's out. But um, I know that job gave him a lot of opportunity. That, and it was a career for him that he's proud of. I'm proud of him. But they moved me as the, the credit manager closer to him because his division sold the most. And in that position, I got a chance to hear almost every conversation he had with customers and with people. And that's how you build relationships. That's how you network. Spend his day on the phone talking to people because people gravitated to Charles. There would be people sitting in aircraft refurbishment centers in Texas bored because they were a little slow so they just call Charles they would call Charles because he'd have a conversation with them any time of day about anything make them feel loved and so I saw the value in that and that's kind of how I've patterned my sales career I'm working on it but I have to work on it in my real life too. Um, but I took one more collection job after that. I owned a little collection agency in the basement of my home. A story not many people know, but it'll blow your mind. There was a guy out in Goddard. We'll get back to relationships, but I got to tell the story. A guy out in Goddard that I called for a garage door company here in town. I, I had gotten them as a client. And I collected these bills from my basement. Well, I was a new company. I probably didn't have all my paperwork and all that. If I ever got sued, I'd have been hurting. So I really, I knew the law. I know, <laughs> I know the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act like the back of my hand. And um, I was just really careful about it. And I was also, you know, my full-time job, I was a credit manager. But I had this little collection business. And this was the last time I collected bills. Pretty close to it anyway. But um called this guy. I don't want to say his name, but he's in prison. Called him every night for a year. Ah, probably one year. Six, eight months, something like that. But I called him every night. Because he owed like $13,000 and 
my cut of that was 30% and new dad, new family, new business. I wanted that one. It was a nice payday. And I'm pretty sure our family needed it. <laughs> um, but one night I call him. Completely different tone. Very different tone. He hangs up on me, which he'd never done. But as a bill collector, you're not supposed to call back. But us old school bill collectors know you can get one more call. Because your response is, I'm sorry, did we get disconnected? If they hang up again, you know you got hung up on. If they don't pick up on, you know, you knew you got hung up on with my bullshitting. But he hung up on me and he didn't pick back up. I was a little salty feeling that deal. Losing losing grip of pretty nice little commission. But the next day I went to my credit manager job and I remember I was walking outside and my phone rang and it was the Wichita Police Department. And they wanted to question me as to why I talked to him on the phone. Well... A younger, smart-ass, more scared version of me didn't know what I'd get in trouble for operating a collection agency without all of my shit in order. I said, well, I'm sure you know, according to the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, I can't disclose that information. That thing is pretty solid. Remember, it used to take a lot to get information out of somebody, so felt like I was protected by it. But the next thing out of the officer's mouth was, well, okay, we'll just bring you downtown and ask you, are you at work right now? And I still, I spilled the beans. There was no way I was going to go into cuffs for talking to some dude about a bill. So I just told him, well, apparently what had happened was this gentleman, I call him about a bill. Simultaneously, his wife pulls in the driveway. And he walks out in the driveway. After hanging up on me, gets, gets into a, a brief argument with her in the driveway about her spending money they didn't have shopping. So he pulled out a gun, shot her in the face, and killed her. That took me some therapy you just do the math there yeah everybody immediately says well that wasn't your fault hmm I didn't feel like that at the time you know what if I hadn't have been banging him for money because I was a persistent little prick but it didn't come down to just me I got through it, but I learned a lot about people going through shit that you just don't know about. So getting back to things after you just realized what I told you, hardly anybody knows that story, hardly anybody. But um, my ex-wife will remember that story. I promise you that. That one took it out of me. 
but I dealt with it in silence. Therapy, friends, whatever. Time. But I swore I was done collecting. So I moved to a sales position with aircraft interior products. I did take another collection job somewhere in there, but it was so short-lived. Just wasn't a good business model, but I was never going to be the bill collector that I was. No way, Jose. So I got into sales because I wanted to feel good about myself. And through sales, I've met so many people. I've built a network of amazing friends, amazing professional contacts, and people that I call family. I went into that on the last podcast a little bit. But it also probably didn't help being 550 pounds or didn't hurt being 550 pounds because you want everybody to like you you want them to accept you for who you are on the inside not what they see so you become a salesman we're all salespeople. selling something selling hope selling groceries selling cars selling property selling dreams we're all selling something but we're all selling ourselves. You know, the stuff of, well, you shouldn't care what people think of you. Get the fuck out of here. We all care what people think of us. Because we want people to like us. It's inherent. We're built to connect with people. As human beings. We are built to connect with people. And in the last few months, the last couple of years, I've learned... Probably the hard way. The value of being authentic. Because when you try to be someone that you're not, you can't maintain that. You know? I want to be a motivational speaker. Wanted, want, I don't know. I don't know where that dream's at right now. Got a lot going on, but I got a lot of opportunity. I'm exploring a lot of dreams. But um, more than anything, I want to inspire people. I don't want people to be sad. Is that grandiose of me to think? Try to keep people from being sad? I don't think so. I think if you think that it's grandiose to be nice to everybody, to be funny, not grow up a little bit, then that's what's wrong with this world. I'm not saying you or whatever. I'm just saying it's broken mentality. Broken mentality of this world that we are competing with each other. There's enough money out there for everybody. There's enough wins, enough love, whatever you're looking for. There, It's out there. Sure, we're competitive. But man, we got to be nicer to each other. And I'm not saying that like some bitch-made shit that we need to be soft. I'm saying that like there's nothing wrong 
with being a gentleman? What's wrong with dating someone before you have sex? I'm not preaching none of that shit. Just stick with me. My point is that what's wrong with some of the things that we've done that are kind to each other? Why don't we keep doing that? Because it sure seems like we're getting away from it and we're getting so competitive that we hurt people for no reason. I'm guilty. Has it happened to me? Sure. But it's the world we live in. So last night when I recorded that long ass episode to kind of give people an idea of where I've started over and where I'm going and all that good shit for two hours. That's a long podcast. But I've learned a lot about the value of relationships and taking care of relationships. Not just the ones that matter to you. That's chicken shit. If you build a relationship, take care of it. Whatever that looks like. If you can't take care of it, don't have the relationship. Set some expectations. Set some boundaries. And build relationships. Go out and meet people. Shake a hand. Fuck the internet. Fuck arguing with people on social media. If you think arguing with anyone on social media has ever turned out for the good long term for anyone, prove me wrong. I've been in plenty of stupid internet petty ass arguments just because I've been wanting to be wrong. I don't know. But I've also, especially lately, walked away from several potential toxic conversations on social media because I just don't want the toxicity. I don't want the poison. But trust me, learn that the hard way. Professional relationships are a little easier to maintain. They don't require as much attention. But you still have to maintain them. You have to take the time. Do the right thing by people that you do business with. And show up every time. And that floats a little bit into personal relationships. Trust me, I'm not giving advice on relationships. It's a fucking podcast. And I'm giving my opinion. So, I I can do that. But, um... Personal relationships, hell, I always thought I was rock solid on those. And I was until I started dating again. And when I say again, when I attempted suicide that I described in episode three, I stopped dating for a long time. I hated what I saw when I looked in the mirror. I avoided mirrors those goddamn windows at quick trip they shine like a damn mirror i just didn't look hated what i saw when i looked in the mirror so i didn't date because even when i went on a date if it didn't work out in the back of my head i always just thought you know this is the reason if you're super overweight so i thought 
I always thought to myself, this is funny, it's getting off a little bit, but I'm going to keep it short. But I always thought when I started dating again a couple of years ago, I'd be good. I'd be rock solid. <laughs> oh, my exes that listen to this show will be laughing their ass off right now. Because what I've learned in dating is that everybody's different, way different. And you have to accept that. And when you can't accept it, that's when the relationship has probably run its course. That's what sucks about dating. You like somebody. And then you find out they eat their boogers. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't ran into that. But you, you, you find you like somebody and then how they don't like you back. What do you do? As someone who spent their entire life investing in friends like family, man, that's hard. That was hard for me. It's been hard. I always try too hard to save a relationship. I always butcher that up. Just fucking look ridiculous. But in my mind, I'm probably wrong in it, but in my mind, I've always thought, I made a connection with that person. This professional relationships too. I made a connection with that person. We both put effort into it. Surely it's worth more than just saying, I'm pissed at you or you're pissed at me or you did something stupid, I did something stupid, we're done. But that's the way people are. still blows my mind sometimes but you have to accept that I guess you know the only way to to repair damage like that where you piss somebody off so bad they don't want to talk to you I found the only way to repair that is just live your life and hope they see you winning and that maybe somewhere in there with some healing. You can work things out. But I've also learned that. Sometimes you just never talk to people again. That sucks. Ugh. But I've been guilty of those people. Walking away from those people. But letting them back in. And there's been a couple girl I dated named Amber went out on a date with I should say well several dates but I don't it's been a while back and frankly wasn't that impressive but I would let her come back in my life she'd come in break my heart and leave again every time I thought god damn it I'm done but then I just forgive and forget So you got to be careful about people that you allow back into your life. If you do give a second chance, make sure it's worth giving a fucking second chance. Don't let somebody come in, do the same shit. What is it that, what did George Bush say about that? 
Crawford, Texas, we have a no what do you say? Hold on. Back in Crawford, Texas, we have a saying. You can fool me once. Basically, can't fool me again. I don't remember how he fucked it up and I just fucked all that up, but I was trying to whip out a George Bush impression. Wish I had some better editing shit, but basically, fool me once, fuck you, fool me twice, well, basically, you can't fool me again. Um, you just gotta be careful. But I do, I give second chances, fuck, I give third and fourth chances, but I start setting boundaries. Maybe that's unhealthy, I don't know, but in the interim for now until I figure out what's what's healthy for me and what's not. I've just started cutting people off, and it sucks. I've lost friends in the past year that I've invested in. I've, I've taken food to people when family members pass away, or I've supported their business. Several friends I've supported their business or businesses or their friends or family or whatever reached out to people when I know other friends weren't doing that. It's not a competition, but surely you'd think you have enough built into some of these relationships that if somebody heard something bad about you, they'd stick up for you or whatever, but that wasn't happening and I couldn't believe it. That hurt my feelings. That's the truth. Whatever, but it hurt my feelings. Friends that I have done things for, been there for. And most of those friends never asked a thing for. Didn't ask to lean on nothing when I needed someone. But when I needed these people, several of these people, I found out they were just talking about me behind my back. So, I had invested into those relationships. They fell apart. A lot of drama, but I've learned a lot about relationships. Going forward, when I invest into a relationship or when I take the time to repair a relationship, it's going to be authentic. But I'm going to give everything I can to them. And then when I find out that I'm empty, that's when I'm going to realize that I've hit my limit. I got to take care of me. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm taking care of me because the relationship that I let falter more than any of them in the past few years is the one with myself. I really let myself down several times, but that relationship's the most important one to me these days. Because I'm going to tell you this too, I say that a lot. I have me when no one else does. I have me all the time. 
I've faced plenty of nights in the last few months where I've just sat there and thought it's just me against the world, you know? Of course, I've got my mom and dad and my kids, but like I was saying before, you can only rely on people like that. You need friends. But I got to a point where I didn't know who was friend or foe, and it was it felt beyond my control. So my suggestion and wrapping this up and talking about relationships is be authentic in all of them. I've done some dating in the past couple years and I've done a shitty job at it. I've done a shitty job of professional relationships, my friendships, I've done a shitty job. I could point to a number of things and a number of reasons why, but all of them begin and end with me. So, I'm not making any promises to anyone, bunch of sales bullshit that I'm going to do this or do that, but I will tell you this, when you see me, and I'm moving differently, that's why. I still will stick a hand out and meet everybody that I can. Forge all the relationships that I can. Because that has served me well. And I've added a lot of value to a lot of lives. So. As far as dating goes. (laughs) LOL. LOL M. L-M-A-O. Turn the music up. See what's on here. Power 93.5. We're streaming again. I have no rights to this music. I don't own shit. Probably don't even know if I could stream this without them being a little salty. But it's been given a little shout out. So what I'll say, wrapping this up, is as you as you build relationships in life, because it's going to happen, you're going to accidentally meet people. Value them. Value every relationship. Every interaction with someone is a chance to make someone's life better. And the more good you put into this world, the more good you'll get back. That's true. That's some true, real talk, real shit. People are going to hate you. They're going to misunderstand you. Well, maybe not you, but me. He's got a role. I can assure you that some of the things that I've mishandled, I know how I've mishandled them. I know what I did. I'll learn from it and I'll grow. Be a little more solid. But uh, for right now, This podcast is a little fun. A lot of fun. I could probably talk for hours on relationships, but... I'll say this. The three relationships, professional, personal, and family. My professional, I'm working on. Got some to... Some rebuilding to do, repairing to do. Bridges to unburn. (laughs) One thing about me is... I can unburn a bridge. A lot of that begins with humility 
sincerity. There's been people that have walked on me too and all the healing in the world. God love you. God bless you. But some of those people can still fuck off. One thing about this world is there are people that will make you so mad <laughs> that no matter how nice, you know, don't let the Steve Harvey suits fool you. You just got to be done with people. You don't have to be mad about it, but you do have to be done with some people. People do things, you know, they, there are people that owe me an apology. With an apology, I might say, okay, let's work on things, but those same people sitting around screaming about changed behavior now everyone else needs to fix themselves or they're just walking around like nothing ever happened so they'll walk this world and I'll do like I did a couple weeks ago when I ran into several of these people and I'll just smile at you toast with whatever drink I have in my hand and know that every time I see that, know that every time they see me win, it burns. I may not win a lot, but I will win. And by winning, take control of my life. That's winning to me. Adulting, taking care of my life, doing good. I've got some plans to be involved with some really cool projects that are going to help a lot of people. I'm excited about that. So that's what I'm focusing on, focusing on my growth. As far as dating relationships, yeah, LOL, LMAO. Um, man, I don't fuck with dating right now, for sure. Got too much on my mind. But I will make friends all fucking day long, for sure. As far as my family... It's small, but I'm really going to pour into them. And uh, that's me and how my relationships look. I suggest doing an inventory on your relationships. What's good for you? What's bad for you? Just because someone may not be filling your cup like they should, doesn't mean you have to be done with them. But know where they belong. Don't let people take up your headspace to bring you down. Not everybody's bringing you down on purpose. But your headspace is your control. So I'll end the podcast tonight right there. I'm sure I'll talk more about relationships, especially the dating part. The dating shit is fun. It's been fun. It's been a it's been a lot of not fun. Let's just be honest. But I've seen things that's to crack me up that I'm going to talk about from the comedy stage. But I do remember a dating profile I saw for this lady's goal for 2022, controlling your mental health. While a good goal, there's some things you don't put on dating profiles. Yeah. So, anyways... I think she complimented the fish in my profile picture. I'm not sure. I'm just kidding. Never did that. So, uh, relationships. 
Be real. If you're an asshole, don't try to pretend like you're not. If you're funny, don't try to pretend like you're not. Embrace who you are. You're pretty great. You got to this point by being who you are. So keep doing that shit. But learn from your mistakes. Do right by people. If you fuck up, admit it. Take responsibility. That's a big one for me. No no blaming. I make my own choices. I'm going to be preaching that till the sky turns orange. So anyways, let me wrap this thing up. Tell you, thank you so much for checking out my podcast. If you have some relationship stories that you want to talk about, shoot me a message. If you have a funny story you want me to share, shoot a message about anything. I've got a whole litany of topics that I'm going to be talking about. Real estate, that's going to be one. I've got some opinions on real estate. (laughs) Politics. I've got some real opinions on politics. I'll tell you that. For sure. But. I said it before and I'll say it again. If I can help you win, I'm going to help you win. But if I can help you lose, I'm going to not do that. I don't care what's been done to me. I'm going to do the right thing. So, that doesn't mean I won't make a salty comment or two. Or probably be a little bit inappropriately funny. Or maybe just awkward enough that it stings. But, lift people up. Love people, man. For real. Love people. Do some kind. For other people, for yourself. And don't be afraid to be you. Be blunt. If you got to be blunt, be blunt. If you're an asshole, be an asshole. But be authentic. I say be kind, but it's probably be authentic. And if you can't be kind, then just fucking shut up. Anyways, I'm teasing. Dream big. Thanks for listening. Until next podcast. Oh, there's no music to fade out to. That was lame. It's a commercial. Let me flip station see if there's a song to fade out to here. My engineers are asleep. There's literally nothing on but commercials. That's uh There's a country song. We will not be fading out of this show to a country music song. Here's something. It's better than nothing. For fuck's sake. Give grace. It's a new podcast. And it's under an hour.